Well, let me give you a little background on Pedro. Well, you know, like my best friend says, you know, you gotta vote for Pedro because you'll make all of your wants dream come true. <laughs> yeah, or something. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Listen live on the web. 8.13. It is Wednesday morning here, Wisconsin's Morning News. You ever lost your kids for a period where it began to get a little uncomfortable? Uh, Not like the quick look. Ooh, ah, ah. Oh, oh, there he is. I mean, maybe, like where it's been a couple minutes. Maybe like 90 seconds probably. Yeah. And that was plenty. Yeah. To get the heart rate going. I think where and folks can understand how this would happen. And they were older, too, like kind of wandering a little on their own. Maybe 10, 11. Lost one in Ikea. Ah, he's lucky he's been found years ago. <laughs> like, right? But it was like, dude, where did you go? Yeah. Like, it was, it was minutes, like, where we were starting to game plan of, like, do we ask them to make an announcement, whatever? Right. And that was probably the longest we went in something like that. But every parent has a tale. Can you imagine... Your kindergartner doesn't come home from school one day. Not on the bus. Latest the bus drops your child off, 5 o'clock. It's after 5. 5 comes and goes. Little guy's not home. 5.30 comes. Like, is the bus late? Did the bus come? I don't know. Kindergartner, 5 years old. Mm. You haven't had contact with your child since you dropped him or her off at the bus stop earlier in the morning. That happened in Milwaukee this week. And it really struck a nerve with a lot of folks who were listening earlier when we brought the story up. Five-year-old Cameron Smith, he's okay. He had fallen asleep on his school bus. He was not found until his family tracked him down in the bus company parking lot hours after he was supposed to be home. Reporting in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel this week, JS reports the bus company, it's go right way. They fired the driver, said he failed to follow proper safety protocols at the end of a shift, which you would have to think would include at least going through the bus and making sure there's nobody still on it. For sure. There's been tragic incidents of bus drivers or transport daycare drivers that didn't check the bag. They have alarms now in some buses where you have to actually walk to the back of the shuttle or whatever and hit the little button. Somebody checked in with us on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, earlier this morning. Yeah, the bus problems caused the new buses to have a switch at the back of the bus that has to be pushed before the bus will shut down, so the driver has to walk to the back. And quickly, I should say, I think bus drivers are a really hard job. And most of them are doing a great job under very difficult circumstances. And and also, people can be forgetful. I think that's why you put the alarm. It's why many cars come with that. Bing, 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 check the back right, seat. Right. Parents have forgotten yes, their own children yeah. in the back seat. So just forgetting on a bus full of kids that did this kid get off the bus at this stop, I grant you all that. But, but there are protocols and yes. procedures. And that's just one of the many tentacles in this story. That's yes. just one tentacle. <laughs> Proceed. So yes, uh, so you have a driver who was very clearly at fault, already been fired according to the bus company, for not doing the due diligence at the end of the shift to go through and check that bus for this kid who had fallen asleep. Frustrating ordeal for the family as well. Mom told the Journal Sentinel they called the school. She called school first, Milwaukee Academy of Science, called the bus company, and nobody answered the phone. Now, in fairness to the school, it's after 5 o'clock at this point, so you don't expect that uh, number to be manned well past school hours. 
bus company, you would think there's an emergency number or something that parents should have. But, I mean, my kid left her clarinet on the bus once, and I called quickly before they would close for the mm-hmm. night because they close for the day. Yeah, and right. By 4 or 5 o'clock, why, why would they still be there? Right. All the buses are back. Yards closed up. That's that. See you tomorrow. So mom was not getting an answer on the phone. So then what do you do? All right, I called the school. I called the bus company. Like, what do you do? What's your next move? Well, she called the police. She posted her son Cameron's picture on Facebook, got other family involved. Everybody starts looking. Imagine they looked around the neighborhood as well. But they were focused first on searching the home when police arrived. Now, police said apparently they wanted to look through the house. They were gathering more information. Mom wanted them to go right to the bus company. Well, and that makes sense to a certain extent, doesn't it? Because whenever a kid's missing, a couple of things go through your brain. One is, okay, you got to, who are the main suspects? If there's anything nefarious, right, and that would be family, right, mom and dad, right, and you do if you're the police have to at least again the clock's ticking, so let's make sure that it's not that lost is different than taken or right. whatever. Right. So right, they go through that process. Okay. And you're right; it starts at home always, or it's the kid, right, hiding or something. And you and I have covered missing persons for decades here in this area, and I, I remember specifically a story in Burlington years ago, and I remember it because it was like a it was one of these things where I was on another story, and it's early afternoon. And like, you got to go to Burlington. I'm like, why do I have to go to Burlington? Well, you're taking this guy, and you're taking the live truck and whatever. The whole community is looking for this kid. This kid's been missing for hours and whatever. And we put the helicopter up. We're up in the helicopter. I think we took someone for the police department or the fire department, put them up in Chopper 4 as they were combing the area right, for yeah. this, this young person who was missing. And everybody's freaked out, and everybody's looking for the child. He was at home. <laughs> like They found him hiding. And... That's not to disparage the, the parents or anybody yeah, looking for him. Like, kid, kid yeah. was well hidden and was playing the hide and seek game and was hidden. And so, right for police to say like we're gonna we're gonna start right here where we oftentimes find the kid for one reason or another. But my point is, why not just can't can't one squad just roll past the bus? Place? You got one more guy who can go by there and roll by the bus company. They didn't, or at least not at that point. So other families stepped in, including. Cameron's brothers and dad as well joined them. They took matters into their own hands. They go down to the bus company, which was locked up for the night. This is now after 7 o'clock. So boy's been missing for a good two-plus hours. I would, at this point, put yourself in dad or mom's shoes. I'd be losing my mind by this point. And what are you willing to do? Bus company's locked up. Anything Can't get anybody on the bus company. Anything and everything. Well, they did pretty much that. They heard honking from the bus yard. So this closed up dark bus yard, honk, honk, somebody's honking a bus. So they figure maybe that's maybe that's Cameron. They had to climb barbed wire fencing and they just start shouting his name. Hey! And this little guy, five years old, figured out how to turn a light on in the bus. And according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, that's how they found him. So dad had to climb over the fence. Barbed wire fence. Dude, I would have driven through it. I would have, get me to my kid. Where is he? Right. Mom said he's okay. Just really tired. She did take him to the hospital to be checked for hypothermia because he was hours in the bus that had been shut off and was cold. Said that he had just fallen asleep and told her that when he woke up, it was dark. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh. 
So ultimately, it ended okay. Again, consequences for the bus driver in terms of whether or not there are any further consequences for the bus company or a best practices that they might look at for if this happens to you, somebody needs to be reachable 24-7. Maybe an emergency call number. Maybe the parents didn't have it. Who, who knows? But has to be a better option than dad and brothers climbing barbed wire fence and find the kid their darn self, right? 821 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Thirty-five degrees in Milwaukee on this Wednesday morning. Hey, stick around. Twenty minutes before nine o'clock, we've got Efren Ramirez joining us live. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Played Pedro in Napoleon Dynamite. And his life has never been the same. Right. And is coming to Milwaukee with a few of the other actors in the film. Efren Ramirez joins us live on Wisconsin's Morning News at eight forty this morning. Do you morning. read that script and think it's funny? No, I think it's ridiculous. I spend the entire time reading the script going. What, what am I reading? Why am what I is in this? this movie? Right. Well, I need a new agent, right? But it was. It, it was worked. amazing. Hey, so we now know what happened or what is happening to the defense secretary. You were on this one. Got to give you credit for this one. You you called this one. That there would be a lot of different avenues, a lot of things to explore about what's up with this. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's illness. The Pentagon now finally disclosing that he has prostate cancer and that he was had suffered complications from prostate cancer surgery, and that's why he remains in the hospital now. We do not have any information to provide in terms of when he might be released from the hospital, but we'll be sure to keep you updated. And until then, we will continue to release daily status updates on his condition. I'm sure they will. uh, We didn't for a week and a half when he was down and nobody knew, including people who worked for him and the president. The initial surgery was December 22nd. Minimally invasive and uneventful, but uh, he was under, you know, anesthesia, that kind of thing. But then he went home on the 23rd, did not feel well. New Year's Day said he had severe hip and leg pain, nausea, turned out to be urinary tract infection. So he's been in the hospital since January 1. Well, today's January 10th, and we didn't all learn what was actually wrong with him, including the White House, until yesterday. Yesterday, that's when they figured this all out finally, or at least unveiled the situation. Now, USA Today and others say the reason why we didn't learn is because, really, he, Defense Secretary had some reluctance. Didn't really want to release all that information about him, which that part, I think we can all appreciate and understand any privacy that you would want with any health situation. I don't think there's anyone that suggests that that's not, you know understandable or i think we all understand that right being the secretary uh, a cabinet level secretary in the u.s government is different than most of our jobs <laughs> that said right you're entitled to some privacy still uh, maybe if you don't want to tell everyone you have cancer that's your business i right. suppose but you got to tell people when you're not going to be at work or right. functional right and by the way that's an interesting word you use you use at there. work no well <laughs> functional Functional, right? Because there are moments there when, hey, the deputy secretary needs to know. When you are undergoing a medical procedure and you're in the ICU, you actually don't know what your prognosis is. You don't know when you might be incapacitated, and therefore you need to alert people in advance. 
Yes, if you're going to be in the ICU, you got to let someone else know. That's ABC News and former DHS Assistant Secretary Elizabeth Newman there explaining the importance of transparency when it comes to letting other people know. We were reported the story earlier in the week. The Deputy Secretary was on vacation in Puerto Rico. Had no idea what was happening here. So whether or not that means this guy's responsible, well, someone had to know something. We're talking about very personal information, but it needed to be made public because Lloyd Austin is a very important individual in the Biden administration. He is a world figure because of the, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in the Middle East, and what's going on uh, with the China in Taiwan. That's ABC Pentagon reporter Luis Martinez. Yeah, and again, this isn't, uh, I don't know that the American people are entitled to know a lot of medical information about him or, or necessarily, but the people, my argument is the people around you need to do that because, you know, the secretary of defense, that office needs to function. And if you need your deputy to step in and handle things or whatever, you know, like that has to be taken care of. Republicans aren't happy. It is a shame that he's been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I certainly wish him well, but I wish him well in his private life. I think it's time for the president to uh, take action. And if he doesn't, then the House of Representatives will. Oh, no. here, here we go. Uh, that's Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale there suggesting that you know, perhaps the secretary should step down or be removed from his position. You know, I don't know if that's wise for Congress to step in either. This is the president's cabinet. He can, they, these people serve at the pleasure of the president with, yes, Senate approval. But let's let the administration handle it, I guess, would we come down. But also, administration, handle it. 8.30 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I want to tell you about something going on this weekend. Metropolitan Builders Association Home Remodeling Show is on. That's at the Expo Center at State Fair Park. It's the 12th through the 14th, so Friday through Sunday. And Wisconsin's Afternoon News is going to be giving away tickets all this week. So you get your next home remodeling project started today. Join Wisconsin's Afternoon News through the week for a chance to win tickets to the 2024 Metropolitan Builders Association Home Remodeling Show, which runs Friday through Sunday this weekend at Wisconsin State Fair Park. As for the weather ahead, I mentioned a couple inches tonight, uh, but the bigger snow event is looking like Friday, and it's still too early for the meteorologist to be putting out projected totals. And I respect that because look what happened yesterday. Yesterday it snowed, and what was the prediction for away from Lake Michigan? Five to ten. Right. All anybody heard was ten. So anybody short of ten inches is like, whoa, where's the ten? You said ten. They said five to ten, and everybody was like, I thought they were dead on with things. I got mostly slush. I got we were. I was in the two to five range. I got maybe three or four, and most of it was slush, and there was rain mixed in because I'm a little closer to the lake. I think the issue that people get frustrated by is when... Closures occur when maybe they didn't have to right. in some areas. But that's on, you know, you do what you want with the information. You know, folks say, well, you're scaring people. Whatever. Okay, I'll keep it a secret next time. <laughs> won't, tell you, won't tell you what Friday's <laughs> weather is. I never. You're not going to hear me on the radio telling you to go to pick and save and stock up on canned goods. That's your business. I just give you the information. Oftentimes, though, too, I, I, I can only speak for us, is that we'll serve at the mercy of the National Weather Service. If the National Weather Service says, hey, this is a winter storm warning, Yeah, right. that's... Is okay, what it is. If there's a warning, that means that they feel that there's an indication of this or that or the other thing. We're not going to hide that. We're going to say there's a warning so taking place. We will get you more information as we get it on the storm track and possible snow totals for Friday. But, looking but it looks like, like, a like Friday it could be a thing. Afternoon, evening, and maybe into Saturday morning event. Coming up next. Look for Pedro.
Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Efren Ramirez and a couple other members of the cast of Napoleon Dynamite coming to Milwaukee. We'll talk to Efren Ramirez next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wisconsin's Morning News. Napoleon Dynamite live at the Pabst Theater. The event includes a screening of the film, 20th anniversary of the 2004 premiere, and a talk back with John Heater, who played Napoleon. Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. John Grease will be there as well. That's Uncle Rico. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? And Efren Ramirez. Build her a cake or something. As Pedro. Aren't you pretty good at drawing, like... Animals and warriors and stuff? Yeah, they'll all be here in Milwaukee Saturday, January 20th for the show. Efren Ramirez is live with us this morning on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. So, Efren, I hope you're not still on Pacific time, are you, man? Uh, yeah, it's like 6.45. <laughs> wow. Well, we super appreciate it. Uh, really been anxious to talk to you and great to have you coming to Milwaukee. So, you're working yeah. in the business still. A lot of things I want to ask you about, but when you get the band back together, John and John and you, like, is it a blast? Had it been a minute since you guys were together before you started doing this tour? Well, it's so amazing that I, I mean, it's been 20 years, and I and I, John, both John Grice and John Heater are like my brothers. So you know, we're, and whenever we go up on stage, it's you know, we're actors. So, you know, we, we do a whole musical number and, you know, there's a time machine, there's lasers, we reenact some of the scenes and oh, working with these guys, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, um, I'm, I come like, I'm kind of like the luckiest guy on earth. <laughs> I'm glad you think that. And a lot I want to talk yeah. to you about, especially what, what you're working on now as well, Efren, but, you know, a lot of times you see folks who've been an iconic character or that you know that person that everybody knows them don't roll their eyes to yeah and they're like tired of it and they don't want to hear about it everywhere they go it sounds like the opposite for you well it you know pedro is a character that that a lot of people on this planet love and embrace because he kind of leads with hope but even you know like like everybody who watches napoleon dynamite can relate to each and every one of the characters Somebody does have an Uncle Rico. Somebody's like <laughs> like Napoleon, you know, and some of them like someone's like Pedro. Some of them are like Don, you know. You might be the llama. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, they're 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 all in search of something great. And to me, as an actor, even at, you know, with every film I do, I do want to find some kind of light of curiosity about life. Um, and and I hope I could project that with all my characters. It just so happens that. You know, Napoleon Dynamite ends up being the pivotal moment of 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 not only my life, but that that people remember. You know, so um, I embrace that with a lot of love. That's great. I'm grateful. Efren, we were talking this morning when you got the script. How did it read to you? Because I, you know, the film turned out great and it, it became what it was. But like, I feel like Eric and I were just talking. Like, if I just read this cold. I would ask myself at the end of every page, what the hell am I, what is this about? <laughs> well, I mean, at the, at the time I was working on, I was, I was doing theater. So, um, and I mean, it's funny because I'm, I'm studying David Mamet and George Bernard Shaw, Tennessee Williams, being a theatrical, you know, performer. But then when I'm working in the industry, I was working on a show called Even Stevens for Disney. Totally different. So, um, and then, I, my agent called me up and said, you have two auditions for two films, and one was Napoleon Dynamite. And I read pages of the, of the script, and I went, 
I don't get this. What is this? <laughs> this is weird. You know, who is this guy? So, um, I, I, you know, I had, I auditioned for it and, and I got the part and it was funny because my first day on the set, I remember meeting John heater, you know, and he had the moon boots and the jeans and, and he had the, you know, the big glasses and the big hair. And he was like, hey, are you Pedro? <laughs> and I was like, who is this dude? <laughs> So then you do you, so, you see the the film and you're like okay, this could be something. Do you do you pick up on the magic of it, or did it even take longer than that for the cult to really realize? I think because it was such an independent film, there was such a uh, a creative uh, freedom, especially because they were all student you know students from BYU, and we were trying to do this film together as a as a as a as a team like a family. So and every time every day we would work on the set we would be laughing at some of these scenes because of like the absurdity in it. You know, when Uncle Rico talks about throwing a stake over the mountains and then it whacks one in Napoleon's <laughs> face. Like what, dude? So, so it just, it, it, it was resounding. And then, you know, the results of not only it going to the Sundance Film Festival, but then it, you know, becoming very popular from, from having to see the merchandise, merchandise alone, seeing the, all the vote for Pedro T-shirts to the to the lunch pails to the socks to to the chonies to to the boxers to the blankets it's and the dolls I'm like what so even to this day every Halloween people dress up as us and I thought wow so when we do these tours you know we see the audience members and a lot of people are dressed up as the characters and I'm like wow look what look, look what we're doing together. It's something that we get to enjoy together, and I thought, like, wow, what a great opportunity. See, I know, I know you've been asked about a potential sequel before, and you, you can share your thoughts on that, but what <laughs> about, like, some independent stuff with Pedro? Can he, can he not comment on the 2024 election? Can he not be, like, a talking head, you yeah. know, with various political commentary? What, given his political background? Well, let me give you a little background on Pedro. Well, you know, like my best friend says, you know, you gotta vote for Pedro because you'll make Olivia Wilde's dream come true. <laughs> yeah, or something. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> so I, I, in in the end, right? As we all come to know with the reality of what's going on in life, everybody has a struggle, some kind of struggle. So if the rules are do good, be good, lead with hope, and take life is about taking one step at a time. And if you do that, you're gonna be okay. Don't have any darkness in your heart. Just live good, you know? And that's live awesome. good. Yeah. I, know, I want to ask you about your new film coming out, Do Justice. Um, just looking at some of the clips, you are uh, you are not Pedro in this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so this is like a cop thriller kind of thing, and guys looking for his daughter. A lot of stuff happening in this one. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, it's... Um... I mean, I work as an actor. There's, there are actors who who play the same kind of role, and it works for them, you know. But that's not how I was trained. So for me, being able to hide behind all my characters, I'm very, you know, um, I'm lucky. It's harder work. It's a lot more work. But in a character like uh, the detective that I play, he's he's really struggling through living in Seattle as a cop and trying to figure out what he's doing with his life and and. And um, studied by by Callan Lutz, who's you know, uh, he he's a remarkable actor. He plays this character who's 
who's an ex-Marine, who's going through his own struggles, and and together we kind of figure out the deep, dark world that happened in Seattle without giving much of the story because it's, it's so um, complicating. So, but, but for me, if I could find challenging roles all the time and hide behind my characters, then I've done my job as an actor. Efren Ramirez, thanks so much for the time. Look forward to having you in Milwaukee. I don't, I don't know if you've been, but the, the Paps Theater here in Milwaukee is a, yeah. a fantastic venue. It's going to be great. Oh, I love Milwaukee, of course. You know, I've been to the Rave Theater. I've been to the Ambassador Hotel. Everybody nice. knows about nice. that hotel. So, um, yeah, and, uh, and I think they're, I mean, it's, it's Milwaukee. Nothing, nothing beats Milwaukee. <laughs> great. Looking forward to having you back in town. Take care, man. All right. Bye, guys. And you can vote for Pedro. 20th anniversary of Napoleon Dynamite celebration at the Paps Theater, Saturday, January 20th, papstheatergroup.com for tickets. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Hey! Crush this show today. Big show. Are going on? Remember, you can get the podcast to the show anytime. Greg, I ask you every day that. Come I on, now. This. What What are the words Vince. that you should text? Vince, text Vince, and that gets you what? How do you not remember? I don't that? remember. I'm very busy. My brain's very busy. Direct link to our podcast page. That means every interview, yeah. every hour, commercial free, available for you. Okay, text the word Vince to the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Get old. You can also access it on the website anytime. So as as Greg said, he breaks out all the interviews. So if you just want to hear Efren Ramirez again, that's there for you. If you want to listen hour by hour, that's there for you. But uh, don't forget about the podcast page. Also available wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of theater, like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'd like that. Napoleon Dynamite guy. Uh, Speaking of theater, tomorrow in New York, former President Donald Trump aims to deliver his own closing argument. In his civil business fraud trial, in addition to his legal team's summations. Oh, in addition to? Yeah. Trump right. is a defendant, of course, in the case. Are you guys done yet? It's my yeah. turn. <laughs> He's he is... going to sit down his attorneys and stand up there himself. Yeah. You can only imagine what he may or may not say in court. Why? Why don't we have cameras in the courtroom in New York? It seems like a bad idea to me. That's a New York state thing, right? Like some states allow it and some states don't. Here right. in Wisconsin, most courts, uh, we do have cameras for various proceedings, circuit court and whatnot. State of Illinois, I know, does not. Um, some Gotta people represent there. themselves, as we've seen in the past. It's very uncommon, though, for defendants personally to give summations if they have attorneys. So the fact that he's doing this, think he's going to at any point remove his shirt like Daryl Brooks? <laughs> he represented himself. <laughs> Remember, he was there in court with his shirt yeah, off, that's raising all kinds of hell. Comp. Right? No, no, I, probably not. Probably keep the shirt on, but it will be theatrical I, nonetheless. WTMJ forecast is sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Let me quickly take you to Friday before we send it over to Steve Scafidi. High of 34 degrees today. Should see some snow tonight, looking at one to two inches of accumulation. Not a big deal. Low down to 28. Snow ending early on Thursday morning. Thursday, then the rest of the day looks quiet. Next snow event is Friday, looking like at this point, afternoon into evening, maybe into Saturday morning. Snow likely with accumulation how much don't know if we take a bullseye from this storm it could be bigger than what we just saw the other day but the path of the storm still a bit uncertain right now back in with wisconsin's morning news on thursday steve scafidi is next we'll do the business headlines first here's the milwaukee business journals margaret nachek 
Senator Dewey Strobel, Senator Dan Fine, and MMAC President Dale Cuyenga are the three appointees by Wisconsin Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue to the Southeast Wisconsin Professional Baseball Park District Board. Madison-based Exact Sciences Chief Financial Officer and Executive Vice President Jeff Elliott will step down from the company in 2024, citing personal reasons. Yellow Corporation has sold an Oak Creek shipping terminal on Rawson Avenue for $19.3 million to Terminal Properties, LLC. I'm Margaret Notchak with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.